0: It's great to be able to gather together like this online and uh, to be together as the church in this way. And, um, you know, one of the things that we did not do today that we normally do as a part of our worship together is our worship and giving. And some of you actually uh, called us about that and emailed us about that. And so we want to let you know that you can give online. You can do your tithes and offerings online via our website or our app. And uh, it's very safe and it's a very secure way to do that. It's pretty simple, but if you need some help setting that up, you can call the church tomorrow and uh, they can walk you through that. We are Having our normal uh, church office hours until we are told um, you know that we should not do that we will be the church will be open all during the week so you can uh, if you want to call get some help on that or you if you want to drop your offering off you can do that or if you want to mail it you can do that as well some have also asked about our small group gatherings will we be having home groups will we be having um, some our other small group gatherings. And um, some have even asked about Wednesday night, Um, even though we're not having the Wednesday night service, could we still have our Wednesday night small groups that we've been meeting in? And um, we are going to send out a message tomorrow. It's actually going to be on our website. We'll send it out via email as well, um, giving you a list of what things will still be taking place. At the church during this time when we are not having our normal weekend uh, services. And if you are not on our email database, at the bottom of our web page, there's a place where you can uh, click on to give us your email information, and we would love to be able to, you know, keep you updated in that way. So um, please do that as well. Um, our president asked, uh, initiated that today would be also a very special national day of prayer, and um, I want to give a little bit of instruction about that at the end of our time today. But for right now, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 is going to be our text today. Paul writes... For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Let's pray together. Lord, these are some precarious times that we are living in. But we thank you, Lord, for your promises that are yes and amen to All of us who are in Christ. And so today as we just consider your word and consider what you would have us to be doing. What should be our mindset, our attitude as believers living during these times? We pray your word would minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 is a verse that has been quoted a lot this week, hasn't it? You've probably seen it on a whole bunch of things that have gone out and with the outbreak of the coronavirus, I mean, we are living in unprecedented times. Now, I want to just say this. For those who might be watching this at a later date, maybe even a couple years from now, um, or even further than that, I want to just put it in context. Um, Today is March the 15th, right? 15th, 2020, our president has issued that we are in a national state of emergency because this virus called the coronavirus has been spreading all over the world our governor here in California and many other states have followed suit with this, has issued an executive order that there would be no gatherings of more than 250 people across the country. So we have seen in this week schools and universities and colleges all shut down or go to online learning only. We've seen Disneyland shut down, Disney World shut down, the NBA uh, season has been abruptly ended. March Madness was even canceled. I was really, really bummed about that one. Um, And you know, in my lifetime I have never seen anything like this at all. I mean, it's just been crazy. And now churches the size of ours have been directed to um, have and, and host online services only. So I am preaching today to virtually an empty room. In fact, maybe you want to just span the camera across the room. You guys can wave at the camera. Those are the few of you that are in here right now. Um, so we have some of our staff here and a few people that um, just showed up or didn't get the, the memo, but there's probably 20 people in the room uh, right now. And um, So we are largely, this is an online audience that we are talking to, so hey Calvary Vista uh, church family, and just want you to know, um, we're praying for you, we're praying for our church, we're praying for our our world, we're praying for our, our country, and I just want to remind everybody, especially those of you who are watching online, the church is not a building. It is not a building. The church is a body. It's the body of Jesus Christ. It's all of us. In fact, right now, wherever you are, wherever you're watching, just look at the person next to you and just say, we are the church, okay? We are the church. We are the body of Christ in the world here today, and so this is just where this particular church family gathers. But these are crazy times. I mean, you go to the store, and you know every place that you go, it's out of toilet paper and out of water. and I just want to remind everybody it is OK to drink tap water. Um, It might not taste that great, but if you run out of your bottled water, you can drink tap water. It's not going to kill you. Um, But here's what I want us to consider today. In the midst of all this, what should be our response as Christ followers living in these unprecedented times? And to, to consider that, I want to use this text that we all know, that I think all of us can, can quote, but my question is, do we really, really understand what this verse means? And I want to unpack that and break that down for us today. So Second Timothy 1, seven, what this means for us today, living in these times. Now, I want to give you context. This was written by Paul the Apostle to a young pastor. His name was Timothy, and Timothy was feeling a bit bit timid about being involved in ministry um, because of his age, and perhaps he had these feelings of being inadequate or unqualified to minister in that way, and so Paul is writing to encourage him. That's the context of this verse. But the verse, I think, also has great context for us living in these unprecedented times. And so my outline today is going to be super simple. Number one, we're going to consider what God has not given us... And then we'll talk about what God has given us and what that means for us living today as Christ followers in this world and, and, and for those of us here in San Diego, part of Southern California. So first of all, what God has not given us. Notice the first thing he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, this word fear, it's uh, dahlia in the Greek, and this is the only time in the New Testament that this word is used. It's very, very interesting. Only time. It speaks of a spirit of cowardice. It speaks of a lack of mental or moral strength. It speaks of lacking courage and self-confidence. It speaks of lacking boldness or determination. Now, the thing about this, though, and I think people would argue right away, say, but wait, 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 Pastor Rob, fear is an emotion. And that is true. It is. And emotions can be hard to control. I mean, I can be perfectly calm. One moment and then I hear something or I see something or somebody does something and something rises up within me because of that, that causes me to feel afraid. The question though is going to be, am I going to stay afraid and and am I going to act on that fear? You see, here's what we need to understand. We need to learn how to Combat our fear with our faith by believing the truth about who Jesus is and who we are in Him as Christ followers. Now, this, although this word Dalia is not used elsewhere in Scripture, Jesus does use a related verb. It's daily O is the word that he uses in his parting words to his disciples in, in John chapter um, 14, verse 27. And there's a time when they were troubled and agitated that he says, peace, I leave you my peace. I give to you not as the world gives do I give you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now note that. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. But it's not as the world gives do I give. In other words, he's saying, I'm giving you something that is otherworldly. Jesus gives us something, church, that we can't buy at Costco, we can't get it on Amazon, we can't pick it up and put it into our computer at the Apple store. No, it's something that's otherworldly that comes from him let not your hearts be troubled now that phrase is in the present imperative which means that you can put it this way jesus is saying stop letting this happen in other words he's saying look you can control this emotion fear doesn't have to control you In fact, the verb that he uses there, troubled, is the Greek word "terazo" or "terazo," and it means to cause one inward commotion, or to take away calmness of mind, or to disturb, or to disquiet, or to make restless. So Jesus is saying, stop being fearful, stop lacking courage. Hey, you can control this. You don't have to be afraid. How do we do that? Well, again, another great verse that's been thrown out several times this week is Isaiah 26 verse 3, where we're told, you, speaking of the Lord, you will keep him or you will keep her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So I have to take my mind, this is what Isaiah is telling us, I have to take my mind off of whatever it is that is causing me fear. In this case, for a lot of people, it's the coronavirus. And I have to focus my mind, or to have my mind stayed focused on the Lord. To have it focused on Jesus, the Lord, who is sovereign that means that he is king that means that he is all powerful that means that he is in control that that means that what he says the promise that he loves me that he is for me that that, that he is true and it also means i have my mind focused on stayed on the fact that he has equipped me he has equipped you to handle this now here the question how has he equipped us well, again, what has he not given us? A spirit of fear. But what has he given to us? Notice what it says. He's not given, the Lord has not given a spirit of fear, but, he, but of, this is what he has given us, power, love, and a sound mind. And I want to break this down for us. The word power here is deutimus. It means power in action. It's a word that occurs 118 times in the New Testament, and many of those times it's, it occurs as a power that is being depicted in a miracle. Greek scholar Jerry Vines describes the power as the ability for meeting difficulties for the fulfillment of the service committed to us. Now I want to say that again. That it is... The ability for meeting difficulties for the fulfillment of the service committed to us. And church, this is something that we need to understand. There is a service that has been committed to us. I want to talk about that in a few minutes. William MacDonald said that it described this power as an unlimited strength that is at our disposal, and another Greek scholar, Kenneth Weest, described it as power in the sense of that which occurs or overcomes resistance or affects change. You know a few weeks ago, in my neighborhood, it's about 10 o'clock one night, all of a sudden we had a power outage. There was a big flash and then suddenly, you know, our whole neighborhood for about a good mile at least, everybody lost power. I immediately got in the car and raced over to my mom's house, which she lives about a mile away, just to, you know, make sure that she was okay because, you know, my dad just recently went home to be with the Lord and she was fine and the power came on right before I got there. But you know when you've you've experienced, we've all experienced power outages, right? That can be really, really annoying, right? Especially if you have a freezer full of food or something, and the power's going to go out for a period of time. That can be really, really uh, annoying when that happens. Well, listen, church. As long as the Church of Jesus Christ is present on this planet, there should never ever be a spiritual. Power outage because Jesus has equipped us with the power to affect change in our culture. To help our culture through things. You recall when Jesus told his disciples that they, after his resurrection, that they were to go into Jerusalem and they were to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And he said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses. And living in that power of the Holy Spirit, the early church brought major change to their culture. In fact, the Bible describes it this way, that they turned the world upside down. And so first of all, we need to understand that we as the church have the power to affect change in this world. How do we do that? Well, one way is through prayer. The power of prayer. Remembering to pray, combating this with prayer. I I am so thankful that our president has called us today to, you know, pray. To seek the Lord together and to be praying about this. You know, yesterday, some of you might have seen uh, my friend uh, Miles McPherson. He was on KUSI yesterday morning, and, and he prayed on there. And he and I, right after he got off the air, we were talking. And um, Miles just had on, on his heart to gather the church, or to rally the church, I should say, um, here in San Diego. to Let's pray this virus out of San Diego and he 's proposing all, yesterday, and even this morning there 's been this little uh, uh, text thing going on of these various you know pastors and myself talking about this and and the idea of of really commencing a twenty four hour around the clock for the next thirty to forty days at least of just praying together the churches in fit, you know having people in our body and if you want to be a part of this we 'll uh, tomorrow or the next day give you some information how you can be a part of this but you know taking people taking 15 minute prayer intervals for 24 hours for the next 30 to 40 days and let's just let's let's come together just lord we're just coming before you and in prayer we need to be a praying church not a panicking church not getting all riled up how do how do we affect change by prayer the power of prayer and by living confidently Because we know that God is sovereign, because we know that Jesus is in control. Remember in our study last week, we were talking there in our transcendent series about Jesus and being in that storm with the disciples and how he had actually sent them into the storm. And he said, hey, let's cross over to the other side. How he was with them in the midst of the storm. That they, they didn't need to be panicking because he was with them. And because he was at rest in the midst of the storm. That they didn't need to be, you know, panicking. Jesus was was at rest. And because he had power over the storm. And you know, this virus definitely has caught the world by surprise. But you know what? It didn't take God by surprise. Now I am not saying, please don't misunderstand, I am not saying that God sent this. I'm not saying that. But I am saying he did allow it. He did allow this. And could it be that the purpose that maybe he's allowed this is to wake us up? To remind the the world of who he is? A world that in in many ways we've forgotten him. We, We keep wanting to push him out of our society. And he's seeking to maybe, he's allowed this to remind us of how much we need him. So Jesus sent his disciples into that storm. He's with them. He was at rest. He has power over the storm. And the same thing is true of this storm. The question is, do we believe that? And if we believe that, are we going to walk in that? Are we going to let our minds be stayed on him? And instead of cowering in fear, instead of freaking out, are we going to realize, Jesus said, hey, you have my peace. I've given that to you. So, you know what that means? That means that you and I, we can be peace dispensers to a world that is freaking out right now. Remember... Way back in the day, the Pez candy, those little sweetheart things, and the Pez dispensers. I I think I have a picture. I'm going to put that up. Remember remember these guys? You know, you flip open the little, you know, I think I had this set of uh, Pez dispensers online right now this goes for $240. I wish I would have kept those, you know. <laughs> but but they had the little sweet tart candies in them and you know you just flip open the mouth and you know you give the, the little dispenser that's what we can be to the world around us. We can be peace dispensers. Now, I'm not saying that you're to put anything in anybody's mouth. We're supposed to, you know, practice social distancing right now. You know, we fist bump, we stay six feet away, you know, that type of thing. But but the idea is that we can have this calming effect. Church, this is our moment to shine. Is there uncertainty? Yes. But what are we certain about? We're certain about this. We may not know what the future holds but we do know him who holds the future. And that's not a cliche. That is truth. We know that, hey, this is in the Lord's hands. We also know the Bible says that in the last days, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 7, that in the last days that there'll be increased famines and pestilences and diseases, viruses in various places. So this is also, I think, a little reminder to us that the days that we're living in Are short. And when people all around you are freaking out, we can stay calm. Why? Because our hope, our peace is not in the economy. It's not in our president. It's not in the center of disease control. It's not in medical doctors. It is not even in finding a vaccine for this virus, although we should be praying for all of that. But our hope and confidence are in Jesus. And we want to walk in that reality. And if this gets as bad as some people think that it might, I'll just say this. We don't even need to be afraid to die. Because as Paul said, he said, Look, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Now, that doesn't mean I want to be cavalier about that. But I'm confident. I'm confident. I know where my hope lies. You know, earlier last week, before we knew about this ban and everything, I was talking to my mom. My mom's 80 years old. She's actually in in pretty good health, um, aside from her her knees. Hi, Mom, if you're watching online. But uh, I, I was telling her, I said, Mom, you need to be really, really careful right now. About where you go and what you do, because you know they—they they say this virus uh, is the worst on you know people with uh, weak immune systems and people who are elderly. And I was telling my mom, I said, I don't know if we're going to be having services, but but I, I think if we do, you really shouldn't come. You should just stay home because you're in that elderly group. And she said, or I could come, maybe I get sick and I die and go home to heaven to be with my husband, you know? And and I said, mom, I know that's probably what you would really, really like to have happen, but that's not what we want to happen, so please don't do that. Stay home. We want you around a little while, you know, we can't, we can't handle that. But, but I, I, I like her, her sense, like, hey, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So we can be these peace dispensers. For those of you who are watching online, I want to encourage you to start thinking in this way. Maybe this, this, in, in this next week, before next weekend, invite some of your neighbors to come watch with you. Or... Let them know how they can watch online, how they can be a part of this. You see, we have been given a power to live victoriously and courageously in the midst of the storm. That's the first thing that we've been given, but we've also been given love. And the word that's used here for love is agape, and it describes the love of God. The Bible says that the love of God, God's agape love, has been poured into us, into our hearts, by the Holy Spirit. And it's been poured into us, so it can then be poured out of us. But this word agape describes an unconditional, unselfish, and the costly love of God that led him to give his son Jesus to come and die on the cross and pay the price for our sins. Agape has as its chief ingredient self-sacrifice for the benefits of the one loved. You know, what, let's think about this. Why do Secret Service agents jump in front of the president when bullets start flying? Why do they do that? Well, they do that because of a love for our country and a sense of duty that they have to protect our president. Listen, I mentioned earlier that we've been committed to a service, Listen, church, you want to overcome your fear? Realize that out of love for Jesus, you have a duty, a calling to represent him in this world. That we are called to be salt and light in this world. That's why as the church, we we run towards the wounded. We run toward the weary. We run toward the fearful. We run to aid. You know, in past situations, like, for instance, when hurricane, you know, the hurricane that, that hit Mississippi and then later the one that hit uh, New Orleans, we ran as the church to those situations. Had people in our body hopping on planes to fly over to help clean up and to bring aid and to bring help and to bring comfort. Years ago, when, when we had a fire here in San Diego, and we put out, hey, we're going to collect donations for you know, people who have lost everything. And I was so proud of you guys. You, you brought so much stuff that we filled up a huge U-Haul to go and give. That's the heart. That's the church. We, we run. Now, in this situation, love motive, motivated us to take a different action. And that action was to not hold services, to not meet, to take the recommendation, to not have gatherings that would be over 250 people, and gatherings where we could practice social distancing, where those 250 people would all have to be six feet apart from from one another. And so love motivated us, not fear. Fear. But love motivated us because we're not sure how this virus spreads exactly, and there is no vaccine at this time, that even though um, it, it's, it's true that maybe very few people will actually die from this, but, but I, I hate when people say that. They start giving these comparisons because every single person that does die, that's a loved one who is gone. We need to take that seriously. We can't make light of that. So we, in in love for our neighbors, are protecting our neighbors by helping not to spread this thing further and to not overload our medical system. Is this going to work? I don't know. I don't think we're sure, but definitely can't not help. So no services on the weekends for the next three weeks out of loving protection to our community. The church will remain open the rest of the week and pastors and staff will be here continuing ministering to people and counseling and praying and, you know, doing all the stuff that we normally do, feeding the poor. But, but, but love. Is what prompts us to not isolate ourselves completely. We need to be the church. We need to be available. We need to be that calming effect. Love is also what we need in order to just deal with all the differing opinions. We need to walk in love in our opinions. And there are a lot of varying opinions about this virus. You know, some people have blown this out of proportion. They want to, you know, pretend or or say the world is coming to an end. That's one extreme. The other extreme is that the group that wants to say that the media and the politicians, they're blowing this out of proportion. This is really not any big deal. The flu is way worse than this. But I want to remind you, we do have a vaccine for the flu. Personally, I'm kind of in the middle of those two attitudes. But here's what love says. God says, I've given you a spirit of love, this agape, this love of Christ. Love says, I'm going to prefer others. Love says, I'm going to respect others. I'm not going to push my convictions or my opinions. In fact, let me read you from Philippians chapter 2. It says, therefore, if, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy, By being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, look, Put on the mind of Christ and consider others above yourself. Prefer others, their interests. Don't belittle somebody whose opinion is different than you. Don't criticize somebody who is looking at this in a different way. Let's not, you know, whether it's in person or online, let's not be criticizing one another. And, you know, here's what I would say. To that person or even that pastor who thinks, you know, we're blowing this way out of proportion. This isn't that big of a deal. This is the thing. And this is really what our our leadership wrestled with this past week. What what if that person, that mindset, what if you're wrong? What if this is as serious as some experts believe? What if it does have the potential to be way worse than the common cold? What if at the rate that it is spreading all over the world is unprecedented? What if you ignore and say, hey, yeah, we're going to still get together. You know, we're kind of ignoring these social distancing, all of that. And, and, and this is what we thought. It's like, what, what would happen, you know, if we're gathering together and somebody comes in they're they're, you know, they don't know they're infected, that they have the virus, and they're talking to you, and suddenly they give it to you, and then you go home to your mom or your diabetic child, whoever it might be, you know, that that is at high at risk, and, and you have no idea. You, you go home, and you suddenly give it to them and they die for us we were like you know what we would rather just be safe than sorry we don't want to take that risk proverbs twenty seven twelve says a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions but the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences we wanted to be prudent in doing that, love says we we're, we're going to do this. We're going to comply with this. We're going to join, you know, other churches um, out of love for our community, and because we don't want to even give the perception to our community as they might be driving by and going, "What are those Christians doing?" You know, their parking lot's packed, and you know they're they're just business as usual. Now we don't want to give that perception out of love. But here's another thing. We've been given the spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love. And here's the other thing about love is love serves. And so we should be asking ourselves during times like this, what does it look like for us to serve our community? I'll give you some examples, some ideas. If you know an elderly person who is at risk, you can share love to them by calling them. Going to one of your neighbors and say, hey, I'm going to the store today. Do you need anything? Can I pick something up for you? Or going to somebody and saying, hey, how are you doing on your toilet paper? I have a lot. I can, you know, I, can, I can share it with you. Being mindful of that. Again, this is our time, church, to shine, to be intentional, and to look for ways that we can show love and encouragement to people around us. That we can be the calming influence in the midst of all of this chaos. So we've been given, this is what we've been given. We haven't been given a spirit of fear, but we have been given uh, power, we've been given love, and we've also been given a sound mind. The word here, sound mind, in the Greek is uh, sophranimos, and it means a mind that is secure, Self-controlled, disciplined, of sound judgment, and one that exercises prudence. One Bible commentator put it this way, It's control of self in the face of panic. What a good word for us today. Control of self in the midst of panic. So here's the question, why should we be of sound mind? Again, because we know that all of this is ultimately in the Lord's hands. I said before, it didn't take the Lord by surprise. And we need to be in sound mind as we look at these things in light of the big picture. We need to always see the big picture. We need to be mindful of the fact, as I mentioned, chapter, Matthew chapter 24, the signs of the times that we are living in, that these are just indications, hey, we are getting closer to the coming of our Lord. But then the question is this, why hasn't he yet come? And the Lord, I think a lot of us would say even before the coronavirus, Lord, what are you waiting for? Our world is getting crazy. Why does he wait? What is he waiting for? The apostle Peter answers that question for us in second Peter three verse nine. He says The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The word repent means to turn away from, to do a one hundred eighty. And the idea is we're turning from our sin, and we're turning from living to self, and we're turning to Jesus, to put our faith in Jesus. And Peter tells us, look, the Lord has been waiting patiently for people to turn. That's why he hasn't come. He's still waiting for people to turn to him. You see, there's a virus that is greater than a greater problem than the coronavirus. And that's the sin virus. And the whole world has been infected. And the consequences of that virus are eternal. A person dies in their sin, that they are separated from God from all of eternity. But there is a cure. There's a blood transfusion. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that He went to the cross. It's why He came, and He went to the cross to pay the price for our sins. And when His sin is put over, or His blood is put over our sin, the Bible says our sins are forgiven and we can be cured. If you're watching online today or at some other time and and you haven't asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, you haven't given your heart to him, I want to encourage you to do that today. But for those of us who are watching, who are believers, hey, we have been given a sound mind to see the bigger picture, to be praying for revival. You know, some of you remember 9-11. And remember on 9-11 how that first couple of Sundays, here in California it was about two weeks. On the East Coast it was maybe about three or four weeks. But for a couple of weeks here in California, churches were packed. Remember that first Sunday, we had a big altar call that day. 'Cause a lot of people were like, What is going on? And it got people's attention, but not for very long. Very quickly it was business as usual, just kind of back to you know, life is normal. And I wonder in this particular time, some pretty unprecedented matters are are being taken. If this could be the thing that brings us, brings America, brings the church to a place, back to revival, hearts turning back to the Lord, hearts surrendering to the Lord, I think in in light of, and again, please don't misunderstand, not making light of any, any deaths that have happened, But but if this is something that is used to wake us up, there's some good in that. That which the enemy, the Bible says, meant for evil, the Lord has turned for good. I'm praying. I'm praying. I hope you're praying that God would move and work in, in this way. So wrapping up, what is he not giving us? spirit of fear we don't need to be lacking in courage or confidence or boldness he hasn't given us a a spirit of fear but he has given us power the ability for meeting difficulties for the fulfillment of the service committed to us what's the service committed to us to shine to be the calming influence of Jesus, to be those peace dispensers in the world around us. He has given us his love, that unconditional, unselfish, costly love that sacrifices for the benefit of the one loved. We need to be thinking about, Lord, how can I be showing your love? And he's given us a sound mind, control of oneself in the face of panic. So church, let's walk in that reality. Let's walk in that reality. You know, I mentioned President Trump issued today a national day of prayer. And in just a moment we're going to end our time together, end our time online. And I really want to encourage you and your family or whoever you're maybe watching this with before we go, before you just head off and get into the rest of your day-to-day, whatever it is that you're doing, that you would take some time together to pray, that you would take some time together to just to seek the Lord in this way and asking the Lord to calm your heart, asking the Lord to show you how you can be you know, lights and how you can shine, asking the Lord to do a miracle. That the Lord would just take this away. That the Lord would um, just work in an incredible way in the miraculous as it relates to this. That we would be praying for our country. I want to encourage all of you who are watching today to stay tuned for Updates. If you haven't given us your email, we'd love for you to do that. Go online today on our website. You can, uh, bottom of the page, there's a place where you can do that. Please do that. Um, keep your eye on Facebook and Instagram and social media and, and as we put out, um, you know, uh, information. And I just want you to know that we, we love you. We're praying for you. We miss you. can't wait till we can all be together again. But this is a a time for us as the church, and you are the church. No matter where you're at today, you are the church. It's time for us to shine. It's a time for the Lord to use us. It's a time for us to be dispensers of the hope that we have in Christ, no matter how this goes. And please, please, please keep safe. So I'm going to pray to close our time together. I'm going to ask those of you who are here, as I pray to close to um, just with you know uh, in order to keep that social distancing that we 've been asked, just pray as where you 're sitting, whenever you 're done we 're not going to close with a song today, but uh, you guys can just as you can stay here, pray for as long as you want, but um, when you 're done, you can just kind of make your way out. But for those of you who are watching online, I really want to encourage you right now to just before you go on to just pray this in. Pray for our country, pray for medical professionals, pray for our president and our governor and our, our leaders that God would be giving wisdom. Pray for people that you know that are, high, that are at risk. Let's just bring this to the Lord. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, God, that we can have a, a sense of peace today, that our hearts do not need to be troubled that we can chase fear away by fixing our minds on you, by holding to the truth of your word, by believing that you are sovereign. Lord, I pray for all the precious saints that are part of our Calvary Vista family, those who are elderly, who are at risk. God, pray, we pray for your protection on them. We pray for those who have weak immune systems. Lord, we pray that, that you would just protect them, that you would guard them, that you'd help keep them safe and let them be wise. We pray, Lord, for San Diego. God, we do want to pray um, that, that you would work and do a miracle, that you would, would just remove this. Lord, I was looking just uh, yesterday and seeing there's still states here in the United States where this, there, there's no detection of the virus yet, and we thank you for that. We, we rejoice in that, and God, we, we just want to pray. We just humble ourselves before you. And Lord, most of all, in the midst of this, we pray that you would bring revival, that you would touch hearts, that we would see hearts by the millions across this United States and really all over the world, that hearts would be turning to you in surrender, in humility. And we thank you, Lord, for the incredible hope that we have in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that as believers, that that you have given to us your power, and your love, and the ability to have a sound mind as it relates to this, as we see the big picture. And we know, Lord, (laughs) that you're moving, you're working. Even when we don't see it, like we were singing today, that you are still moving, that you are working, that you are not off the throne. And we put our hope and we rest today in that reality. And we ask these things, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, amen.